Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Cropped. After Will, Dennis, and I realized we hadn't recorded a Cropped since before New York Comic Con, we jumped into reviewing 2022 and pondering what would happen in 2023. Hey, it's only February, so we can talk about 2023 still. We also examined how Will's panel, How Not to Succeed in Comics, did on its first tour of the convention circuit. We also talked about witches on Amazon and also covered Will's reading list for 2022 and some of his expectations for Warhammer in 2023. Enjoy. Will, Happy New Year. It's been a while, I think. I can't remember the last time we did an episode. I guess maybe it would be smart to look back. But no, no. <laughs> Happy New Year. I, maybe the last time we actually really recorded something was uh, prior to New York Comic Con. So that's been a few months. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. I, yeah. Well, was I all my my predictions for the end of 2022. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was New York Comic Con. We saw each other. We hung out, and mm-hmm. um, and then I was recording. I did a bunch of interviews during the show, and then I had one long one that I've been with Andy Curry, which hopefully everybody's been listening to, which is just a great deep dive into what it, what it's like to start working for DC comics really. And mm-hmm. um, I've been trying to get those out and then I got sucked into the whole political thing. So yeah, that's, I think that's, a, and then the holidays came up. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's been a little while since we talked. No wonder we've been oh, gabbing before we started recording. <laughs> start zoom again and again and again <laughs> yeah no i know i'm looking back you're right it was right before new york comic con wow yeah. we're gonna do a year in review do it quickly and then also okay. predictions for 2023 so the first thing let's talk about 2022 and like the ups upswing so comic book show uh, the conventions they came back mm-hmm. and then you had a panel that you show you did a couple times so what do you think of the shows? Do you think even though with sort of the flare up of uh, the, what is it? Tridemic that we're dealing with right now. Uh-huh. Seriously. I'm not, I mean, I, I got to remind myself that people are getting sick and people are suffering because of all the, everything here. But do you think, you know, the, you know, the winter and the BS of the germs out there, do you think mm-hmm. that's going to put a damper on anything going into 2023, especially after what you experienced in 2022 at the cons? No, I mean, not based on 2022. I mean, the shows were just nuts that I went to. You know, I went to Seattle, Chicago, San Diego, Thought Bubble, New York Comic Con. You know, I mean, that was a pretty big slate in any year, let alone that. But no, I mean, the enthusiasm was high and you know it seemed like this stuff i mean some 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 shows managed all the covid stuff better than others i thought san diego did a fantastic job of managing but by the end of the year like i wasn't even showing my covid stuff like i don't even did new york comic con did we even have to like present proof of life to them i don't even remember you know nothing um we didn't have to show there was no mask enforcement i tried to wear a mask whenever i was walking among especially the floors and i Mm -hmm. came out unscathed and i didn't really hear anything about people getting the show like the year prior uh you know some pros got it and they were and some people were hurting for a little while oh yeah for sure and i got there was a few people at san diego that came away with it and stuff but you know i 
there weren't many years when you came away from shows like San Diego and someone didn't get sick anyway, just as a result of con, you know, crud. con, con crud or whatever they wanted to call it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I mean, that part of the business at least felt really positive and, you know, and, and having thought bubble like at the end of the year again is nice because it's such an upbeat, you know, positive comic centric show. That is like a good way to kind of end the year and like a way that like people are just there to get into comics and meet creators and sell their stuff. There's such a wide range of small press stuff, indie stuff, zines. You know, I mean, it's like there's such a range of people up and down the food chain at that show. Mm-hmm. that it, it gives you a lot of, you know, positive vibrations compared to some of the other stuff that's gone on. Yeah. I mean, I think it's good. Hopefully it'll continue. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine that it's not going to, I mean, I already got all the stuff for, I mean, March, they're back to ECCC, however many C's there are in World City and C2E2 yep. are both in March now. And Oh, wow. Again. And yeah. So, and that's just like coming right. I got the thing about like my badge for one of them. And I was like, oh, that seems a long way off. And it's literally like, you know, two months six, away. six weeks away or <laughs> like less than two months away. You're like, oh my God. So I don't know. We'll see. I don't know what I'm going to. I mean, I for sure go to San Diego. And, you know, other than that, I'm not 100% sure what I'm doing, but. Now, you had a panel at New York Comic Con and Emerald City. Was there? Did you mm-hmm. do a panel? Your um, how to not succeed I, in comics. Did you do one at Thought Bubble too? Or yeah, yeah. I had Ram V, Mark Bernardin, Tulalote, and um, maybe was that it on the panel with me? Um, yeah, it was terrific. I mean, it's been good. I mean, you know, it's kind of a work in progress, but it was. Um, it seems like it's getting better each one, you know, mm-hmm. I would think, you know, the first one at, C- at Seattle, it was good, but you know, it was the first time you do it. So I was a little, you know, unsure how it went over. And then New York comic-con was like kind of hit or miss. Some of the panelists like really did a good job. I think there was too many people on the panel. The room was weird, you know, whatever. And then, but yeah, thought bubble really seemed to be like a good fun conversation and kind of pretty frank conversation about, you know, the creative process and creator rights and some of the mistakes that, you know, these people had done. And it was cool having people like Bernard and who's worked a lot in television and other places, you know, so having like insights from different, you know, that sort of point of view is kind of interesting. Um, and I do think it's like keeping it smaller, I think is definitely the way to go moving forward, you know, maybe three people, four at the most. Cause it's not really the kind of panel, like a, it, you know, I didn't want it to be a panel where it's just the kind of promotional yeah. panel or like, Oh, what are you doing this year? You know, that kind of stuff. And so I think people feel less reluctant to sort of truth tell, like when there's only a few people, when there's like six or seven people up there, it's like everybody's kind of fighting over the same 30 seconds of sound bites and whatever, you know, but yeah, it was a lot of fun though. It was good. It was, it was, um, did you change your prep? Yeah, like I moved around some of the order of some of the questions. I like reworded some of the questions a little bit to kind of draw people out. Like when there's less people, it's easier to get them to just sort of talk to each other so then I don't have to talk, you know? Like, I mean, I don't mind talking, obviously, but I don't think people come there to hear me talk about it. I think that's another thing, too. It's like I don't have to keep it going as much if it's more of like a analog, analog, that's not a word, dialogue between the panelists you know mm-hmm. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is going to point a phrase panelogue the um so yeah so i think it's fine you know it's just sort of refining it i mean i hope they do it 
moving forward, it'd be great to keep doing it though. Cause I think, I, I mean, I've been on a million panels in my time in comics and, you know, I think most are utterly forgettable probably cause they are just sort of promotional tools. Yeah. But I can't tell you how many people have come up to me, like literally stop me in the convention hall and tell me like how much they enjoyed the panel and hearing people talk about it and seeing different sides of the creators that they like and that kind of stuff. You know, I think it's, I mean, that's kind of the fun part about it, I think. So hopefully, is it, yeah, we can keep it going. Is it scheduled for uh, Emerald City or C2E2? Um, I know it premiered in Emerald City. So Yeah, I don't, I mean, I haven't like, I got like my badge stuff from both shows, like, you know, the sort of invitation for your badge or whatever, but I haven't really pulled the trigger on like if I'm going to one or both or neither. I don't, you know, like I said, it's just, I got it this week and I was like, how can that be in like, you know, seven weeks from now or something. So I haven't even thought about it. So we'll see maybe Chicago. Cause I think that's towards the end of March, maybe. Um, and then, you know, it's always Chicago is a cool city. So maybe, and it's a little less of a, you know, kind of a cross country jaunt. So, but yeah, that was cool. I was glad that they finally pulled the trigger on that for 2022. I guess that was one of my highlights, personal highlights. Were there, um, seeing we're trying to close out 2022, were there mm-hmm. any surprises that happened? You know, I guess this is double question. Surprises for you um, that you were part of. Um, mm-hmm. And then also just as a part of the community of comics, any surprises that you, you know, saw from afar mm-hmm. that you're like either positive or negative, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, personally, like, probably the, the like, the good Asian book, you know, winning all the, these awards was a huge surprise to, to all of us, you know? I mean, I knew we knew we had a good book, and we've put so much into it, and Pornsack, you know, that guy is, like, the most thorough person, like, as a writer and an editor that you can ever deal with. Um, so we knew it was good. I mean, I knew it was a good property, and I knew that it was responding. It was finding an audience that, you know, I think is underserved and the word of mouth was good and the signings he was doing, like he was getting, you know, bigger and bigger signings and stuff, which he wasn't expecting and we weren't expecting because, you know, it's not some household name. But to win, like, the best, you know, what, limited series at at the Eisner's and then win the best book of the year at the Harvey's was like when you see some of the other books that you're up against, like it's just sort of, we were really surprised because it just felt like, you know, there's some of those sort of, you know, some of the names that you're up against are people that every year just kind of you can lock in as winning some of those categories. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, personally, that was definitely one of the biggest pleasant surprises of the year was, you know, for that book to not only have found an audience, but also to have, you know, been, been sort of by your, peers and things like that, you know, recognized in that respect was fantastic. So, you know, I mean, we were completely surprised, like at the, you know, when they gave those out, it was just like how, you know, it was pretty crazy. So, um, I mean, Pornsack, who is so prepared for every situation, he didn't have a speech ready at San Diego. Cause he was like, <laughs> we were walking up to the dais and I was like whispering in his ear, like, don't forget to, you know, thank this person, thank this person, thank this person. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) So yeah, that was, I mean, that's definitely memories that we'll have for a long time, you know? 
And then I don't know, industry wise, I mean the you know, the you know, the continued like distribution chain problems and some of the costs going up. I mean, that's really inside baseball, but some of that stuff was a bit of a pain. But I mean the biggest thing for that for us was seeing the cutbacks in, you know, the streaming services and stuff, cutting back so much on their content acquisition. Um was a little, you know, kind of a scary moment, at least when so many of the property, you know, would, I mean, we have eight or 10 properties with Scott, you know, with like the, you know, his company and all of the stuff. And, and thankfully none of it is the success of it isn't based on, you know, whatever kind of media you can make out of it. Um, but obviously it's like a part of, you know, it's gotta be like another channel that you hope to get, you know, income and return from, um, so seeing all those cutbacks and stuff was definitely a little scary, you know, in that respect. But mm-hmm. but at the same time, then witches gets approved and you know is moving forward and everything else. So you know, simultaneous to that. So oh, did you, I, I, you just I, never I know? know. I, I don't know if I can. Add. So I know witches had a writing room, and mm-hmm. Scott was heading that up. Did it get picked up for a pilot? Or are you? Um, no, it, it's pretty much picked up for the series. Like they're going to try to go ahead with like a, you know, yeah. Well, it's like a, you know, mini series thing. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that I feel like that's out there in the public okay. sphere at this point. Um, well, congratulations. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. So because I know great. in New York they were still it, things were still pending. Um, mm-hmm. I know the room had been the room had delivered. And then mm-hmm. they were just waiting for a decision. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at like AMC Publishing branch s- shut down just at the end of the year. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I believe that you know the Mark Millar um, sort of um, that the first adventure, which now oh Jupiter's Legacy, just tanked to the point that mm-hmm. they yeah they pretty much canceled it after the first week, um, and that was a lot of money, and that really you know, upset, you know, that, you know, um, going to Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, they're just uh, the, and I don't know what's going on with like Lazarus, uh, with Greg Rucka and Michael right. Lark. I mean, that's been out there at Amazon, I believe for a long while, but who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, they can, you know, development can take forever, but, you know, but if was that last year, you know, uh, Netflix having success with another, the other, uh, Greg Rucka book. I don't the know if that was, that. yeah, the old guy. I don't know if that was last year or the year before, but I, I, I would want it the way time goes by. I would guess it was the year before. Probably the year before but, I'm wrong, um, <laughs> you know, but yeah. it was a hit. It was a huge hit, you know? So yeah, no. And uh, yeah, but I definitely felt they were, I feel like, um, Fernandez was posting pictures of like the second, you know, season or something being filmed, but yeah, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, those sorts of things, obviously those things all kind of come and go. I mean, I think the bigger issue for the comics for was the business of how many companies seem to be their business model seems to like hinge on, you know, their ability to take these properties and turn them into other stuff, you know? Yeah. And that's like, I think that's definitely, I mean, there's some that are very, open about that's what their business model was. And, you know, as you can see, it's like, as soon as the, you know, they turn the taps off, then suddenly everybody's like running for the exits and like these companies start folding, you know, mm-hmm. which is what we've seen a bunch of stuff here at the end of the year. 
for the end of, you know, 2022 of like what, you know, AMC shutters, the stuff, Aftershock shutters, you know, I mean, some of that, like the shock's been a long time coming and stuff based on how much like in that filing, it seemed like they owed and some of the rumblings I'd been hearing for months and months yeah, from creators thing. that weren't getting paid and things like that. But, um, but surely any company that started up in the last 10 or 15 years, big part of their business model has been, well, we're going to turn it into a TV show or an animated show or a movie or whatever, particularly if they're out trying to get funding from anybody to, you know, back them. I'm certain every deck I've ever seen in the last like 10 years from publishers includes some huge section on, you know, everything on TV is in yeah. some comics kind of stuff, you know? And it's like, so I don't know. Ultimately, I think it's probably just weeding out a lot of the, the, you know, the wheat from the shaft, so to speak or whatever, you know? So it's like, as I said, like something like with, you know, like a witches has a lot of, you know, there's a lot of heart and soul to it. And it seems like it's sort of, you know, they're excited about it. Some of this other stuff, you know, uh, maybe not so much, but I, I just know, feel, I, yeah, I, I just, I just feel that I, I would think publishers would learn. And, and I guess that's something, one of the things I maybe wanted to touch about is like, how do we all make a living in comics, you know, for 2023, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it just feels, as you said, for 10 years and even for 15 years when I was, you know, running a version of antics, as a startup, but, you know, part of our pitch too was, oh, we're going to sell to Hollywood. And we had people on board who supposedly had been selling stuff. And I just realized, you know, the publishing arm has to be profitable. Hoping Mm -hmm. the Hollywood would come or anybody, video games even, are going to come and deliver a way of keeping the doors open for any length of time. It's, It's a long shot. It really is a long shot. You know, for every witch's success of witches or the old guard, there's so many failures and you might get an option and that might be the only piece of money you get. And that, you know, that takes forever. I just wish, you know, the publishers and I, I, you know, that's a question. I don't know if any, anybody can answer that. How do you make a living? And that seems to be with these shutdowns and other things is, you know, how do creators continue to make livings? I just saw somebody talking about how page rates have stagnated over the years and, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, infl- you know, cost of living hasn't, it just, everything from publishers to creators, how do we just make a living in comics? How do we get paid what you deserve, you deserve, especially when now, the, when I was started, you know, it was a half a billion dollar business back in the aughts, or maybe a little bit more. Now it's a $2 billion business. Where's the money going? Is that real money? And, you know, and how can, you know, how can it sustain creators? I mean, I don't know. That's, I mean, much bigger question. Maybe that's something for us to talk mm-hmm. about later on and have, mm-hmm. you know, real, do some real homework and research on that. But before we try to go down that rabbit hole and move into 2023, mm-hmm. what was your favorite comic book that you read last year? Was there something that really surprised you in 2022 that you just read that maybe took you, turned you from just an editor looking at everything as an editor's eye to just a fan reading a comic. Was there something there that really <laughs> jumped out to, at you? Oh, you, you expect me to read comics. In my okay, free I, time? <laughs> I know the, the dark secret is nobody who makes comics actually reads comics. anymore. 
no, like that I, think I'm probably worst, I think I'm probably the worst one about like not reading comics. Um, <laughs> I did just pick up that Alex Ross Fantastic Four mm-hmm. thing, which everybody, you know, has been raving on and on about. So I'm hoping to read that. I don't know, but that was, was that a 2022 book? Maybe that yep. gets me yep. over the hump. Yep. I, lo- I, I do love the Fantastic Four and all the that kind of stuff, though. I'm kind of excited to, re- to see that. Um, and I just picked up the Dead Boy Detectives, Porn Sex, you know, the first issue of that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I was trying over this Christmas. I think I was feeling a little guilty about it. So then I did go to the shop and load up on some stuff. I got, I got like the Ronin 2 and some of those. You know, a couple of the other Frank Miller books just to see what that's all about, you know. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. So maybe for next year I'll have more. <laughs> You'll actually read a comic or something. <laughs> I, 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 like when I read, it's sad too because I read a lot of stuff on like the Comixology app. Um, yeah. But I mostly like read or like the Marvel Unlimited app, which I love. But I'm just reading like the same old like nerdy crap I was reading like 40 years ago. You know? yeah. I mean, it's like, I'm reading, I like, I'm going to reread like, you know, the days of future past or the, you know, dark Phoenix or like all, like I got all downloaded all the like Conan collections that, you know, had come out through, I think they were for dark horse and somebody else, you know, and you can get them through like Kindle or something. And so I've been, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm like deep into like a reread of, like the you know Conan starting from issue one and stuff, but it's kind of, kind of embarrassing about like what new things have I been reading or not reading? Yeah, you know? I reread the Dark Phoenix saga on mm-hmm. Comicsology last year. Mm-hmm. Still holds up. How Byrne draws all the X Men and how his panel and stuff is a re- I can see why you know that book and I mean there's it's wordy but it's Claremont. And it's Mm -hmm. old comics, but how he tracks all the X-Men and the cast of characters, which has always been, you know, the kiss of death for some artist. Mm -hmm. It just, he does an amazing job. It's so well put together for a group book. You know where everybody is in the room um, and and stuff like that. I I haven't read it in ages, but looking at it with new eyes, um, it's just... I don't know. It's, it's a classic. It's not, I mean, classic says something. I I don't know. It's a book that you can learn, still learn a lot from on how to Mm -hmm. put comics together, especially when you have a a huge cast of characters and keep everything moving forward and still, you know, being sort of an action adventure, rip roaring story that moves forward, but there's still a ton of heart. And those guys just, they, they, you know, we're firing on all cylinders on that. And mm-hmm. it, it, no wonder, you know, everybody, and I, I, and I, you know, I came away going, they should have never brought back Jean Grey because it just sort of, you know, in hindsight ruins the emotional mm-hmm. trip that you go through for, you know, with Wolverine having this thing for Jean and then Cyclops losing her and just her sacrifice you know, Jim Shooter saying she must pay, you know, all, you know, hearing all these stories and then reading it again. And it's like, you know, that it's just gold. It's something mm-hmm. if you're a comics mm-hmm. fan, you have to read and then put it down and come back and read it again. And you'll see why it still stands up to this mm-hmm. day. 
I, I just so happy. Yeah, no, for it. sure. You know, I think. Yeah, I don't know. It was Nice House in the Lake this year. I like that. That was a good book. Yeah, that's so, been out for a while. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, had a I think to that was that. 2022, right? And yeah, um, yeah. The Stephanie Phillips. We only kill each other. Is that the name of it? I don't know. I'm, I should be prepared for these things, but yeah, that was a good one. That was like the sort of the Nazi hunters, like World War II sort of um, thing that she did. That was a comicsology book. But yeah, I, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's in, it's sort of in my secret shame, but I just don't. Um, it's just so hard. By the time you're done with all the work stuff, and you know, you want to read novels, you want to keep up on the shows, everyone you talk to is like, Oh, I just watched six seasons of such and such show. And I'm like, I haven't, you know, I don't know. There's only so many hours in a day, you know, and I work, I work pretty hard, you know, pretty long hours on all this stuff. I mean, I probably have, I don't know, 25 active projects or something right now, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's not a whole lot of hours left in the day to, um, you know, where I'm like, finally everything settles down and I want to like go, pull out a stack of comics and read it. The last it thing just starts to remi- Yeah. It just starts <laughs> to remind me of like all the stuff I didn't do or the stuff <laughs> I need to do or the books that are late or the books I haven't, you know, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not, yeah, it's not good. It's not a good habit, but it's, it's definitely one that I've sadly like acquired over the years. So let's, uh, I got about 10 minutes left. Uh, okay. Let's move on to 2023. So the big mm-hmm. news for me, I see is this, contraction going on you know comics luckily survived covid and and the Mm -hmm. diamond upheaval and you know things came back roaring you know even survived sort of the paper shortage and the supply Mm -hmm. chain issues and shipping and everything but you know aftershock uh heavy metal reorganizing amc publishing shutting down some other things not happening like deals going through said random house i think or something yeah, the big I random think. house Simon Schuster merger that merger. they kiboshed. Yeah, it just and just that um maybe you know the economy slowing down a bit and the money drying up a bit. Um mm-hmm. do you see a lot of publishers shuttering or just maybe going the aftershock way of of declaring bankruptcy, which sort of screws over everybody who's waiting to get paid. Mm-hmm. Um and trying to reorganize, you know, let's face it, you know, Marvel did bankruptcy and look where Marvel is now. Now they rule the world. You mm-hmm. know, um, I remember reading like Warren Ellis talking about how comics won't exist in America next month back in the mid nineties, but mm-hmm. here we are. So, you know, what do you think, where, where what do you think 2023 is going to, you know, you had the comiXology deal that I know you got Scott just up to mm-hmm. that and you're, you're doing a lot of work with them. What does it look like for you and for the industry looking at 2023? Yeah, I mean, those are all legitimate concerns. But like you said, I mean, like I remember the very first all-hands meeting I had like a month after I got hired at D.C. in 1999 was like the sky is falling. You know, we don't know if we're going to be here next year you know, discussion. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, what did I just do? Like, I just left this other like high paying job mm-hmm. and now three weeks into my tenure at DC comics, I'm being told by the president of the company that, you know, comics might not exist in 20, you know, the year 2000 or something. 
But, you know, I don't know. Comic book people love nothing more than to be declaring the death of comics. So um, I I don't I think of all the predictions you could make for 2023, the death of comics is not on the bingo card. You know, you're going to leave that square unchecked. (laughs) But um, yeah, I mean, clearly it's it's painful to the people who had properties, you know, at these places and, you know, aren't going to get paid for them. I mean, hopefully some of them you know, at least could get the rights back to some of the properties maybe they've had. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's obviously there's this contraction, but I do feel like a lot of it was predictable. A lot of it was like a long time coming. And ultimately like you have to have good content, you know, like the stuff has to be, the stuff has to be good, you know? And, and at a certain point it's like, you know, it's the sort of less but better. I was talking to just a creator the other day about that. They've been doing so much work and they're getting their name out there and they're doing all this stuff. But I'm like, at a certain point, like you only have so many good ideas, like you, and you only have so many hours in a day, you know, and Scott included. I mean, I know this year we have a few new properties for, um, we have a few new properties at a comiXology that we're doing, but it's a much more modest slate of new releases than what we just put out over the last year and a half, you know, because it's just like, I just don't think he can sustain that. And I don't know that at a certain point, like the audience also gets, you know, you get a little weary of, of any creator. And I think you have to be very careful about like picking your spots, you know, in terms of how much of you, like a little goes a long way in, in a lot of things. So yes, I mean, we're definitely, trying to pull back some on just the number of titles that we're putting out. And um, so I think, you, you know, you'll probably see that, but um, I don't know, you know, I mean, ultimately like if the content is good, I feel like it generally finds, finds a, an audience, you know, and even in the things over my career that haven't done so well, it's not that the content wasn't good, but like I, in hindsight, I could see why, you know, maybe it just didn't come together or we thought it was something that it wasn't. And it doesn't mean always that good content finds an audience that sometimes it doesn't, but, and sometimes bad content finds a huge audience and there's nothing you can do about either one of those things ultimately. So, you know, you, hopefully you just have enough skin in the game that you're going to kind of persevere through these sorts of things. I mean, and even this, you know, this recession that's been predicted now for, you know, feels like the last however many years and, you know, but at the same time, like everybody's, they can't hire enough people at any place that I go, you know? Yeah. The, I mean, the, it, it's a very odd sort of recession in that respect. Uh, it's like today, unemployment the, is at an all time low and the you know, numbers just went up today. The numbers of hirings just went up today. You're right. So <laughs> you sort of like, I don't see, and I don't really see, you know, you, like I said, you go to these shows and stuff. And yeah. if you, you talk about any kind of income, that would be the first income to to dry up would be the spending money that you could go to, you know, I mean, it, it will cost you, you know, I mean, I don't know what's it cost a family to go to San Diego for a week, $10,000 probably. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's of just, yeah. I mean, easily thousands. I mean, the hotels are $350 a night, you know? So it's like, um, at least, so it's, yeah. I mean, I don't know that you would think that kind of spending would dry up and it, it clearly hasn't, if anything, it felt like it accelerated. I mean, so we'll see, I don't know, you know, I mean, I, I feel like there's always these kind of contractions and then things, but, but the, hopefully the, the really good material, like still finds a home and, and, you know, some of the things that have held its back in the last couple of years seem to be easing off, like, you know, some of the, 
the distribution problems and some of the supply chain problems, you know, that sort of stuff um, seems like it's starting to loosen up a little bit, you know, comparatively um, to what we were just going through. So, um, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I don't, you know, who, who knows, you know, all the digital stuff, the NFTs, the scrolling comics, the user generated content, I mean, I think that's all going to shake out all this AI stuff that blew up at the end of this year. I mean, I think a lot of that you'll start to hear, you know, about, but at the beginning of what, 2021, like it was all NFTs are going to change the world. And by 2022, you know, that market had completely dried up and everybody was over it, you know? So um, not to say that there isn't something that can be done there. I'm sure at some point someone will figure it out, but I think that was just a little early, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's tough to be in the, prognosticating game Francis you know okay. so is uh with only a couple of minutes left sure um seeing that you know I guess 2023 we'll have to wait and see how it all plays out really mm-hmm. is there a comic book that you're looking forward to reading this year not something you bought <laughs> over the holidays <laughs> <laughs> something that's coming it. out something that's about to be published that you're looking forward to reading that you know Something new. <laughs> Something new for I mean that I'm not not another John not Bur- not Iron Fist. Yeah, Iron Fist. <laughs> the Claremont Burn Iron Fist repackaging. Oh, I don't know. Is there something you're looking forward to? Maybe we'll work backwards on this question. I'm looking for, of course, always the what Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips are gonna be delivering, uh-huh. I guess, in June. I can't recall the name of it, but they're taking a break. Uh, from their ongoing uh, Reckless, and they're doing just a, a original graphic novel. Um, it seems a little different, so I'm always looking forward to that. Well, there's a couple things I've been told about that I just don't know if I can talk about that I'm looking forward to. So. Yeah, I mean, some of that. Some of that's my. I mean, I have like a lot of cool stuff that we're working on that's you know hasn't really been announced yet. Like mm-hmm. some like some YA stuff I'm working on some other things that, you know, seem like they're going to be really, I hope, you know, people will really respond to and like kind of different stuff than some of the things I'm maybe so known for, but yeah, they haven't really been announced yet. So it's a little tricky. I mean, I don't know, personally, my biggest like 2023 is wanting to know what Henry Cavill is going to be doing with his new relationship with, Games Workshop and the Warhammer Forty Thousand IP. Nice. <laughs> that, that's my. That's my secret. That's my secret love is Warhammer and you know miniature painting and all that. And so like hearing that he was off of Superman and off of Witcher, and then he turns around and announces that he's got this multi-platform deal with them to develop all this IP, and knowing like what a super fan he is. I don't know. I just, I love all the lore. I love all the IP. So I don't know. I'm excited if like they do something cool with it and other people could get into it. Is it just the world building and everything with that, that it with Warhammer? Yeah. With Warhammer. With I, 40K. Really, um, I have no idea. Yeah. I, you know, because honest, when it started no in the eighties, when it started in the late eighties, it was really a product of that sort of judge dread Thatcher's England kind of self-parody you know that they you know like dread in a way that was just so over the top this and the and the heroes were actually the villains kind of you know it's yeah. the same sort of thing um 
I don't know, for better or worse, over the decades, it's gotten to be a little less that or a lot less that, to be honest, you know, where it's like this sort of far flung future where this, you know, Imperium kind of rules the galaxy and any alien is immediately trying eradicated and the heretic and the witch and the, you know, like there's, it's just this crazy future where, you know, it's kind of the worst sort of fascist religious you know sort of administrative imperium that rules the galaxy but so the good guys are really the bad guys like when you really kind of boil it down you know but mm-hmm. a lot of that's been kind of lost over the decades just because you know that's a harder sell as the company's grown and the properties have grown it's like a publicly traded company and you know that sort of stuff but i do just love the over the topness of it and the you know, just the kind of insane, I mean, all just the, the amount of time and energy that they spend on these backstories for all of these weird characters. And it's like this religious sort of cult that revolves around this emperor that runs, you know, ran the Imperium and the whole thing. And there's this huge heresy that happened 10,000 years before the, you know, the present galaxy sort of stuff happens. And I don't know. There's all these books and just, it's, it's very, it gets a little arcane, but it's definitely a huge big thing. And I don't know. It's just like, cool. Like it just, the stuff looks cool. The models are cool. Like I like to build them and paint them and I don't really even play with it anymore. Like I just sort of more like kind of build them and paint them and collect them and stuff, but they've done some, uh, Marvel did a few comics like, um, yeah. Kieran Gillen wrote one recently that was actually really good. I mean, not actually, I mean, he's a great writer. So it was that, but for kind of a licensed thing, like I really enjoyed it because it really had that kind of insane, you know, it is informed by that same kind of stuff that like Darth Innes and those kinds of guys like that, just that violence that's comedically over the top, you know, kind of, and, and they're kind of winking at the, in the no reader or whatever. That's sort of like, yeah, we know this is, wrong or extreme but that's kind of the point of it you know which i think really comes out of that whole judge dread 2080 sort of sensibility yeah so i've always been sort of a fan of the stuff for over the decades and continue to be but then to hear that it might become a little more mainstream i'm just kind of curious to see what because he you know cavill at any chance he gets like in interviews he's always bringing it up Mm-hmm. So he's always talking about it, talking about his collection, talking about the armies that he paints, like all this stuff. And it's kind of funny to watch him like on interview shows when he gets into it because everybody on the panel's eyes kind of glaze over. But he's so like gleefully excited about it that I can, it's like the last thing that I'm not like jaded, you know, about. So it's kind of, I'm kind of excited to see what the heck they do with it. And I don't care. Like, I'm happy to just do anything. Like, I love the Lord of the Rings show that was on Prime. I thought it was great. I understand why some people had problems with it. I don't understand why some other people had problems with it. But, you know, I, I don't know. But the stuff that I like, like, they're doing new things. Like, I just like them to try new things. It doesn't ruin my, you know, un- enjoyment of the original. It's just sort of it is what it is, you know? Uh-huh. So, I don't know. We'll see. It should be interesting to see what happens with it. Maybe nothing will happen. <laughs> So you're going to continue. So 2023, you're basically going to continue supporting <laughs> Warhammer. Into exactly. The, single-handedly. My pile, my pile of shame just keeps growing and growing and growing. <laughs> if Marvel publishes any more 
you're you're going to be right there buying up all oh, the copies. I, believe me, I actually <laughs> bought those are comics I actually bought. Did they come out in 2022? If so, that was my favorite comic of 2022. <laughs> I think it was maybe the year before, but um, yeah, and I, I was I. I I saw Kieran, I think at Thought Bubble, and I almost said something to him about it, but then I got like too embarrassed, and I was like, eh, "That's you know, I don't know how he feels about it. I don't really." Know. I mean, if he even so, remembers writing it, or you're right. Exactly. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know if he's a fan, not a fan. If it was just a work for hire gig, you know. So I didn't want to like start gushing about it and then have it be like, "Yeah, I read a couple of the backstories they sent me," and I dashed off this four issue thing i'm i've no i don't want to know like i don't want you know. <laughs> never never meet your heroes never right? meet your warhammer <laughs> heroes francis that's my ta- that's the takeaway from this podcast if there is one and another takeaway to wrap it up uh, for 2023 mm-hmm. is it the more things change the more they stay the same publishers are going to contract publishers are going to expand people are going to make some of the same mistakes they made uh, well, yeah, 10 years ago and everybody's still hoping the Hollywood's going to save us. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, I think you're probably right. I mean, I think you're going to see, you might, I think you'll probably see less like variants and that kind of stuff. Cause that doesn't seem to be working mm-hmm. quite the way it was working just even a couple of years ago, which is fine with me. Cause I think they're a huge pain in the ass and you know, I, I would rather just spend my time making the content as good as we can make it and not chasing after Variant Covers. cover number 17, you know? Yeah, um, good, good. But, but yeah, I, you know, it's, but it's, this is always the way it is. I mean, there, there's, you know, graffiti on the walls of ancient Babylon saying, like, you know, kids these days don't know how easy they have it, you know? So it's like <laughs> nothing is new. If you wanted to make comics, let's go make your comics, you know? I mean, the good news is, like, you, it's very flat. The world is very flat now. So it's like you can do your comics on Instagram. You can do your sub stacks. You can do, you know, zines. You can publish your own stuff. You know, you don't, you're in comics already. Like that's how I started these panels with the, how, how to not to succeed in comics is the sort of big lie anymore of like the big two and you've got to break in and all that. It's like, you don't have to break in. You can sneak in the back door and put out your own stuff and you're just as in it as I'm in it or anybody's in it, you know? So, just start know, doing I'm sure that, that will really. continue. Yeah, yeah right, just, exactly. I mean, that's that's exactly it. If you want to do it, you just there's plenty of ways for you to get your stuff out there and just start doing it because life is pretty short and you know, you don't you don't want to get to the end of it and be like, "Oh, if only I had done that thing I wanted to do instead of worrying about what streaming service was going to fold next, you know?" <laughs> <laughs> well, on that upbeat note (laughs) (laughs) i think it's upbeat i was trying to be upbeat no um yeah i mean with comics i mean it's easier said than done but really at the end of the day the way technology has arrived even when it comes to movies too i just watched a a short movie i'm like wow that's pretty impressive i mean Mm -hmm. i can see the flaws in it um but cinematically i'm like damn okay on an iphone Mm -hmm. i'm impressed right so Um, yeah, it, it just start doing it. I mean, it's not going to be easy all the time, but you have to start well, doing it and then get, you know, and then do the work and yeah, not worry about your Netflix subscription, really. Mm-hmm. You know, what is your focus for 2023? And I think for a lot of people, you know, 
and maybe somebody's going to figure out as the question I asked, and we'll have to come back and really do some talking about how to make a living in comics. Maybe somebody will figure that out, at least for the creator. And I think mm-hmm. in my conversation with Andy Curry, um, we were talking about numbers, you know, for DC and then also numbers for independents that people do make a decent living, even though they are working a lot mm-hmm. selling, you know, 15,000 copies a month or something, you know, you can, there is a way to make a living in comics. Um, but you know, you, you're going to have to find out what works for you really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's hard, but like nothing good was ever easy. Right. So, you know, I mean, you gotta, you gotta grind, but that's, you know, I'd rather be grinding comics than grinding at a, you know, job that I hated that was just completely, you know, crushing or whatever it is. You know, yeah. But exactly. you just do little things that, or you have a job that you don't really love, but you find the time to do the stuff on the side that fulfills you, you know, whether it's like a podcast or a zine or a, Instagram comic, you know, I don't know. Like you said, you just got to start. Like that's always my advice to anybody. Like just start, because that's the hardest part, you know. Mm-hmm. Always. Yep. Well, well, I guess we will be talking more in 2023. We won't be taking a few, you know, three months off. And uh, okay. behind the scenes, we have some interesting things coming up. So I will mm-hmm. start sending emails, and we will uh, execute on start on our plans for 2023 for All right. for cropped. So and I'll start reading comics again. So <laughs> oh. I have something to talk about this time next year. Great, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Have a good well, weekend. Thanks.